Hi, and welcome back to the More Than Creative podcast with your host, Dakota Hersey. That makes me sound so official. Um, If you are coming from the first episode, then you know I am very much just diving straight into this podcasting journey without having everything completely figured out so that that way I can bring you along on the journey. And part of that journey is that one day I'm going to figure out what my intro is going to be. And if we're going to have music and if I'm going to say something fun, or if we're just going to keep diving right into it, because I know that sometimes that's really nice when you don't have to sit through a whole big intro in the beginning. But today I wanted to talk through basically my approach to brand strategy is what I'm calling it. So when I originally started More Than Creative, or I knew that I was going to start what would become More Than Creative, I was having a really hard time picking my head up and trying to look at things from a much larger vision. And I think that some of that was because I am also still very much in the weeds of running and maintaining my photography business, which is the my full-time job, I guess you would say. Um, it's the main source of my income. So that still requires a lot of my attention. And I have been full-time with my photography business for about 5 years now. And it's been running for... Um, it's crazy. It's like eight or nine years, which is just wild to me. Um, but when I was having a hard time coming up with the packages and the offerings for more than creative, um, which now in hindsight, I'm looking back at it and thinking like that is maybe one of the worst places that I could start. I called one of my business mentor slash friends, Britt, who I met at one of the marketing agencies that I was at. And I told her what I was struggling with. And I said, I'm just having a really hard time because I know what I want to help people with, but I don't know how to package it and explain it to them in a way that is really clear. And also in a way that you can make it understandable from like a pricing perspective, which is a very much a reality. Like you need to be able to say, you're paying me for this and this is what I'm giving you. So that is one of the first places that I started when I was trying to build more than creative from the ground up. And I was very much stuck there. And her advice to me was so helpful and maybe some of the best advice that I've ever been given. But she said, Dakota, I want you to... Just sit down and write down everything that you believe to be true about building a brand. And she said, I don't want you to try to package it. I don't want you to think about selling it. I want you to just sit down and brain dump on a piece of paper or a whiteboard everything that you know and believe to be true. And I said, okay, that sounds simple enough. So I got off the call with her and I opened up a document, which now is named like the More Than Creative Manifesto. (laughs) And I just started writing. These are all of the things that I know to be true about building a brand, marketing it, business in general. Um, and it ended up being around like four or five pages, which is kind of crazy. Um, 
I'm sure one day that I will share that with you guys because it has been the main source of content for all... Like I wrote my entire website basically off of that manifesto document. It was so cool because I was able to see the offerings and the services come out of that exercise because I was thinking and operating from a place of truth and my core values and beliefs rather than trying to create a package and then fit all of that into a package. So it's like basically reverse engineering and starting from why you're starting from your why, which is ironic that I didn't start there in the first place because, um, all of the leadership training and business training that I've ever had is, you know, I feel like I've been like beat over the head with the concept of start with why. And turns out when you are actually trying to do this stuff in real time that you get very much stuck in the weeds and it's hard to pull yourself up. So um, out of that manifesto, I realized that there were some very clear themes and that has resulted in my approach to brand strategy, which consists of essentially five different components And within the coaching programs in the future will be the five different stages. So I figured what better way to have the first content episode of the podcast to be me walking you guys through my approach to brand strategy. And then I will very much likely in the future go more into depth of all of the different topics because it's very meaty. There's a lot here. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. The first stage to my approach to brand strategy is clarity. And the purpose of this is that you have to have a strong foundation rooted in who you are, what you do, who you serve, and how you serve them. And so very similarly to the advice that I was given by my friend Britt, I needed to start with clarity first by understanding what my actual purpose and impact I wanted to have on the people that I work with. And then also understanding from there who those people even were which would then allow me to later be able to fill in the more specific things of actually how I want to serve them. So within this section of clarity, the goals are to define your core values, your purpose, your impact, and your uniques, which we can go more in depth on what those are going to look like. And then also defining your target market, which I believe consists of your average customers and also your ideal customers for each service and product. Also outlining your services and products, and then mapping out the buyer's journey and the sales process for those products and services. So now that I have said that, definition out loud, I am now realizing that there is a lot of marketing jargon and fancy business words. So my goal is to be able to break down these concepts for people who maybe don't speak business as their first language or don't find it nearly as interesting as I do. Because my whole idea and goal for starting more than creative was because I realized in my photographer experience that I am surrounded by a lot of people who own businesses that hate 
running a business. And they started their businesses because they have these really unique talents and skills that they wanted to bring and serve the world. And in order to do that, they had to turn that into a business so that that way they could make money to sustain their lives. There's so many different parts about running a business that you just don't love. And you want to spend more of your time doing the things that you do love and the skills that you are really good at where I am kind of the opposite. So I love business. I went to school for marketing and I've always just really loved the like graphic visual side of things. And then also what it looks like to sell, even though I didn't know that that's really what I loved. Photography was essentially my vehicle for business. So when I was in business school and I was learning all of these different concepts and wanted to try things out, photography was kind of my sandbox that I got to play in. And I have always loved the marketing aspect, the messaging aspect of things, creating content. And then photography was basically the skill set that I capitalized on. I do love photography. I love weddings. I love serving people in that way. But ultimately, my heart and like the true things that I love to do definitely lie in business. Getting back to clarity and the stage of clarity, this stage I feel like is maybe one of the most overlooked stage, even though it's ironic because I feel like it's the one that we talk about incessantly within the business world, which is just like, yes, define your core values and you need to know who your target market is. And anytime you talk to anybody in like the marketing strategy world and you are trying to say, well, what I'm doing isn't working or I'm trying to show up on Instagram and I'm not getting any of the people that I want to work with, their first question is always going to be, well, who's your target market? And is it niche enough? And do you really understand it? And I do think that that's true. And it is a question that should be asked. And it is one that I ask. And I'm actually saying that this is the first question that you should be asking. But what I have learned is that through working with people, we don't really know how to define your core values and your purpose and your impact and your target market in a way that allows you to do something with it and actually incorporate it into your messaging and your marketing and your sales strategy, which is, by the way, the only reason that you would need to know that stuff in the first place. So what I have found is that um, I love core values. And I don't know if it's because I'm in <laughs> in my personal life, I'm in my own like healing journey. So I am reevaluating a lot of my own like personal core values. So it just seems like this concept is popping up in business and in life. What I have seen with a lot of people is that they will sit down to define their core values, but they're doing it from a surface level that doesn't actually get deep enough into them truly understanding what they believe, why they believe it, and how they want to see that show up in the way that they serve other people, their clients, and their customers. So with the clarity stage, that's what really what the goal is, is to try to get really, really deep. Um, in the past, this conversation can take anywhere from like an hour to two hours of just me being like, 
is that really what you mean? I think we can go a little bit deeper. How can we say this in a way that's more than just one word? Maybe I'm a huge fan of core values that are actually like statements or phrases so that that way people can really understand rather than just saying like, one of our core values is honesty. And it's like, okay, so what about honesty makes it your core value? So that that way, the more basically the more words that you use to describe that, the more intentional that statement is going to be and the easier it is for people to identify exactly what you're trying to say. Um, So that that way, again, when it comes to the target market, you're able to use those core values to find other people that feel the same way that you do. So once we get past the core values, we'll also get into purpose versus impact, which is always a really interesting conversation and can be really difficult to get into. And then, of course, the uniques of trying to understand how you stand out from the crowd. But it's not totally about like, oh, you need to come up and you need to be the unicorn. Because in a lot of business models, you are in a market that is very heavily saturated and you didn't reinvent the wheel. And that's totally fine. We're not supposed to... I mean, if businesses are not meant to reinvent the wheel with every single business that's created. You though, do as a person bring something very unique to the table. And I like to approach figuring out what your uniques are from a purpose of positioning. So all of this stuff ultimately is trying to be defined so that that way you can use it somehow in your messaging and your marketing so that that way you are finding the people that you want to work with. So that's the uniques. And then of course, defining your target market, which is always like, I think it's a fun conversation. I feel like it's one that we're like constantly reevaluating. And one thing that I'm excited to get into the future is trying is having the discussion about what the average customer is versus the ideal customer. I think that the conversation for so long about the target market has been about the ideal customer and and you need to name this one specific person that you want to work with and get as niche and, and specific as possible. And I do think that that is a good exercise and a necessary one. However, the reality of business and the things that I've learned from like actually practicing this stuff is that there are going to be people that you are totally fine working with and they are not going to be your favorite people ever. And that's totally fine. And I think that it's okay because they, as long as they check enough of the boxes of the people that you are okay working with, that you can still market to those people. Because the true fact of the matter is that nobody's really saying is that we got bills to pay. And so if there's a certain point where if you have money and you're willing to pay me, then you can be my ideal client. And that is okay with me. Obviously, the more sophisticated that you get in your business is when you can start to say like, okay, these are the people like I no longer will work with you unless you check this box or you are this way, or these are the types of people that I'm really trying to attract. But it's all on a scale. It all depends on what your priorities are and what your needs are like on the personal side of things. Um, And then even on the business side of like, okay, I actually have to hit this number every month. And so these are the people in order for me to hit that number that I need to work with. 
So that's kind of what we get into with the conversation about average versus ideal. And then of course, the other part of clarity is also outlining your services and products, trying to understand how you have things packaged and making sure that they're in a way that's very clear and understandable. And a lot of this comes into play with the sales process, which I love a sales process. I love what it looks like to do sales operations and get on the phone with somebody or or even honestly, we all know the sales process, or maybe we don't know. This is what I believe. The sales process starts with your marketing. All of it should work together. So you're actually selling from the very first piece of content that you are producing all the way to your email template. And then what it does actually look like to get on the phone if part of your sales process is you getting on the phone with somebody. So part of that is having a really clear outline of what your services and products are. And then um, the final portion of this section or the stage is to map out the buyer's journey and the sales process. So really trying to understand where your customers are at as they are making their decisions, um, what it looks like to market to them in the awareness stage, the decision stage. Um, and then I should know this. There's one other stage. I'll have to look it up. But um, but yeah, basically understanding like, okay, these are the questions that I should be answering at all of these different stages. And when does it make the most sense for me to be answering them? Whether that is answering it um, on an Instagram post or actually knowing that that is a conversation that you guys are going to have as part of the sales process. Okay. Wow. Wowzers. That is clarity. So we have four more to get through. I will maybe try to be a little bit less long-winded. So our next stage is direction. The purpose of this is to understand how to position your business today to reach the goals that you have for the future. The reason that I have clarity and then direction is that I have realized with working with businesses, especially in the brand photography world, I, this is when I really started noticing it is that it is really hard for business owners to understand how to balance where their business is at today versus where they want to be. And so I think that it's really important to obviously have a vision. And as you are creating your marketing materials, especially, you know, like brand photos and design and things like that, that you are thinking ahead as far as um, if I'm going to make this investment, I want it to help me get to the next level. But I also think in order for it to be effective, you also have to be really self-aware about where your business is at today. So for example, yes, you may want to work in luxury weddings one day. But the reality of it is that you are not a luxury wedding vendor as you stand right now. So in order for you to make money, you need to market yourself to people who are willing to invest at you at the level and the stage that you are at now, so that that way you can continue to learn and grow and build yourself up to the point where you are a luxury wedding vendor. If you have, a, if you have literally the luxury of not needing to push so hard to get bookings or clients, then you obviously can take more of a slower approach where you say, no, I want to come out the gate being viewed in a very specific way. And so this is how I'm going to be viewed. As long as your actual skill set can back that up, then that's a completely different strategy. And we can talk about that too. But my main goal with having direction as the second stage in the approach is that once we have a really clear picture on you know who you are, what you do, how you serve, and who you serve, then we can start to say, okay, so what are the goals for the future? Whether that be 
in the next quarter, the next year, next three years, five years, 10 years? Um, and then how, what do we need to be doing now in order to get you to those places? And so some of that is understanding what's working and what's not working, really understanding what your vision is for the future. Um, like I said, understanding those short and long-term goals, also understanding and defining what your qualitative and quantitative measures of success are. So that can look like um, part of those goals are setting like monetary goals and definitions of success. But then also, I really love the qualitative measures of success of saying like, this is how I want to feel. These are the types of things that I want to be doing. These are, I want to be like receiving these types of opportunities, or this is what I think this picture of me and my business in the future look like. Um, and then for this, like getting really tactical is also where we would be discussing like potential opportunities, partnerships, and affiliations. So that that way you are already starting to align yourself with people and opportunities that are going to help you move in the direction that you want to. So this is where we also have the conversations of, okay, so this is where we're at. This is where we want to go. This is how fast we want to get there. And so sometimes you kind of have to, like I said, in the previous section, you got to work with people that maybe you're not super excited about, but because you know that there's still a learning opportunity or at the very minimum, there's a monetary opportunity that's going to help advance you. But there's also some opportunities that I would advise people not to take because if you do publicly align yourself with you know, a certain brand or another person, then that, depending on who it is and what it is, it's this is all very like hypothetical. Um, it may be very difficult for you to get out if you accidentally solidify yourself within like a certain heading in a certain direction or being like in a certain category from a like public perception standpoint. So that's what we would be doing within the direction stage. Then moving on to the third, which this one is, it's hard for me to pick a favorite. These are all kind of like, every time I talk about one, I'm like, oh, I really love this section. I like really want to talk to somebody about it. But um, the third section is voice. And so the purpose of this is to understand the distinct personality that your brand has in communications and connection with your audience. So this section, I am realizing just how important it is. And I actually think that it might be the thing that the majority of brands struggle with because they spend so much time in the beginning being told, you need to know who you are and niche down and you need to understand your target market, blah, 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 blah. Yes, it's true. Yes, we're starting with that. We're going to dig really deep into it. Then it, you know, then it's very clearly, oh, you need to set your goals and you need to go where you're going. And you can have all of that stuff figured out. But if you cannot get people to get on board with what you're doing and to understand what your brand is, then all of that is basically in vain. So within the voice stage, this is where we would be defining your brand's personality, including characteristics and motivation, style, what your connection points are. 
Um, and then actually refining your voice within your writing and talking styles. So this is very underrated. Obviously, I am a huge fan of personality-driven businesses. So in some ways, this is really simple because if you are Dakota Hersey Photography, then Dakota Hersey Photography is going to show up and talk like Dakota Hersey does. But I do think that it's interesting as I have grown over the years how I have been able to identify where there are parts of my individual personality as a whole human that I do not incorporate into my photography brand. And maybe it wasn't intentional in the beginning, but now that I've been able to identify it, it's like, okay, yes. So for example, (laughs) I don't know why this is the example that I have been stuck on, but me in my normal life, I cuss a lot. I, yeah, that's just, that is just a fact of my life and use very colorful language when we are hanging out with like girlfriends. And if I get really passionate about something, it's definitely coming out, but that is not a part of the Dakota Hersey photography voice. That is not how I show up. Obviously, like when I'm in person with people, I'm still authentic to myself. And if it's appropriate, then, you know, I'll use that as a way of connecting with people. But me, as I show up online, the way that I write my blog posts, that is just something that is not a part of my brand's personality or my voice. So with that, I think that that's like, that's just one example. But talking about what your brand's personality and your voice is, is trying to figure out like getting really specific about the way that you write and the way that you talk. And I think that it's really important to understand that because if you are writing your blog posts and your Instagram captions and all of the stuff that you're putting out as far as like your marketing material goes, doesn't match who you are in person, or you haven't like figured that out, or you start to grow your team, for example, and and then you have to send somebody in your place and they don't understand what your brand's voice is, that is when things are going to kind of start to fall apart and get really confusing. So then the other part of that is obviously like, understanding what your voice is going to be within your writing and talking styles, but then also outlining those specifics about your brand voice on different platforms and in different scenarios. So obviously the way that you write your blog post is going to be a little different than the way that you show up on Instagram stories because one is more casual, one is a little bit more formal. The way that their people interact with them and the way that they're going to live on the internet is going to be different. So I think that it's important to try to understand what the specifics are between the two of those things. And it may feel like a little bit of overkill in the beginning of trying to figure out all of this stuff and like naming it. But I also think that the more that you practice and the more that you are able to name some of these things is when you're going to become more aware and then be able to, again, like start to kind of like fine tune, twist the knobs so that that way you can really figure out what is going to be the sweet spot for you. And then I know that this concept feels kind of hypothetical. Um, My brother actually, Weston, if you are like a fan of mine from photography, then he's my second shooter. So you've seen him a lot, but he actually just graduated with a creative writing degree and he worked in the writing lab on campus. So he actually helped be a writing coach for people. And he will be coming on the podcast very soon for us to have a very long winded conversation about this topic. But he 
was explaining all of these different ways of how he's helped people with writing their research papers. And it is amazing how many parallels there are between formal, like learning how to formally write and also writing something as simple as an Instagram caption. So our goal is to figure out how to basically help business owners relearn how to write and then falling in love with understanding what their voice is and feeling really confident so that that way creating content doesn't feel like the struggle that sometimes it can feel like. So for example, to kind of help you wrap your head around like, okay, Dakota, that sounds really cool. I want to know what my voice is and I want to know my my brand's personality, but how the heck are you going to do that? Um, so some of the exercises and workshops that we have written down to be a part of our coaching program in the future is to... Um, here, I'm just going to leave the, read this list. But it is to write a series of stories told from the perspective of your brand. So this would be like a writing workshop where we would um, have you write something that is educational, write something that's like an opinion piece and then also writing something from your personal perspective. So something personal about your life and then being able to actually sit down with Weston and myself and get feedback on, okay, so this is how you're going to tell this story or this is how, this is what we're noticing your brand is talking like, or maybe it's even the opposite of, okay, we think that this is what you're trying to say, but how can we help you say it in a way that like feels both authentic to you and then also is going to be a little bit more clear and is helping you show up in the way that you want to. Some of the other exercises would be like creating a mood board with the visual representation of your brand, which also, by the way, this is these are all things that you could start doing on your own right now if you wanted to kind of take yourself through this uh, your own um, approach to brand strategy and figuring out um, almost as like a litmus test of where you feel like you fit within feeling really confident and strong in your brand strategy. And then the last one is making a list of stories to share in different ways and how you would share them differently. So picking one topic and figuring out what it looks like to share that in a blog post form versus Instagram caption, Instagram story, or like long form content, video recap, however, whatever platforms that you have shown, you have chosen to show up online. Okay. So that is voice moving on to the next stage, which is probably the reason that people would want to come and work with us in the first place. Cause it always starts with, um, I need help with my content. So the fourth stage is content. And the purpose of this is to create content that is derived from a combination of stories and key messages. So as you can tell, all of these different stages are building upon one another. If we have done things correctly, then there should be just a wealth of content coming from every stage. So within the content stage, we will find a mix of having a really structured approach to things while also leaving space for just feeling inspired. And this comes from the fact that when I was trying to come up with more than creatives content strategy, I was definitely approaching it from like, I'm a marketer. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to like be really rigid and like, this is, we're going to define our content pillars and, and do the key messages. And it worked. And I had a lot of content that I created or like a content ideas, brainstorming that I used all of my tried and true methods for that. 
But then I actually went to a conference in January, the Creative Educators Conference, and I met, well, I didn't meet her. I am friends with her already, Akua. She is just fabulous. And she's actually a storytelling strategist. So if that's something that you're like really want to focus on and, and are struggling with, then I would highly recommend following her and reaching out to her. But she spoke on the concept of having a story bank and basically having this place that you have all of these stories that you are able to pull from. But what she helps people with is actually getting those stories down and understanding how to tell them in a way that is very engaging. And I loved that because it felt like a way more organic approach to creating content. And she literally said that she was like, yeah, I know that there's messaging you know, like pillars and key messages and all that stuff. And she was like, but for me, I've felt like this has been a way better approach. It just feels more authentic. And so I loved that idea and thought, well, I feel like there really can be a combination of having this thing that is very strategic and targeted of, I know that I need to sell this thing. What are the concepts that I need to be communicating? How can I create content off of those things so that that way I'm better educating and you know we're funneling everybody into actually making this type of purchase versus also just creating content that isn't necessarily selling, but it is inspiring or connecting or honestly is just more fun to make than saying like, okay, I know I need to like I need to be hitting on all of my content pillars. So that is kind of the way that we are going to be approaching content. So this looks like defining your messaging pillars and key messages, and then also developing that story bank with a collection of stories to use in your marketing. So that that way you're able to pull from all of these different places. Very similar to the way that I wrote my manifesto. I have this document that is now part of my story bank where I can always go back and say, I'm having a hard time coming up with something that I want to say, well, now I can go back and tell the story. And then also with content, determining the best channels to focus on. I know getting online and listening to all of the business opinions were like being pulled in so many directions of you should have a TikTok and you should be making reels and where's your podcast and YouTube is the best, like most longest strategy and blogging's not dead. So I very much know what it feels like to be like, you need to be doing all of the things or you're failing. But I am a really strong believer in the fact that there are certain channels and forms of content that will work better for you depending on who your target market is. And then honestly, like your personality and what you actually have the most fun doing. If you hate talking, then podcasting is not going to be for you. And I mean, you can't really use oh, I hate looking at myself as a reason to not do be on video because I mean, that's just something that's like, it's hard and you, you're going to have to at some point like challenge yourself. But I do also think that I had a YouTube for a little while. I've thought about starting it back up again. But when I really think about where YouTube fits and what I'm trying to do, YouTube just doesn't make sense for me right now because YouTube is more of a search engine. So it it really, really succeeds with videos that start with like how to do this. Um, and so you kind of have to have like a plethora of videos that are like how to build this thing or how to create this thing. Um, so that that way people can find you via the search function. And then that's when they fall in love with like, if you're going to try to do like a vlogging strategy and have some personal stuff so that that way you can kind of like build your audience from there. 
we can get into YouTube strategy later. But um, that's a good example of saying like, just because there is a lot of potential in a place doesn't make sense necessarily for you to dive into it, especially if you feel like you're not going to be able to be consistent. Because as we know, the majority of the success within content has to do with consistency. And then one of the other goals of the content section would be to create a realistic quarterly content strategy that is entertaining, educational, inspiring, and connecting. So one day we will dive into the like cornerstone basically of all of those different content priorities or the content goals. But yeah, that is what we would be doing within the content stage of the brand approach. And then last but not least, visual, which this stage, I actually before I just changed it to visuals before it was images. And I realized that that stage should actually include way more than just the images of things. And honestly, I was kind of figuring out trying to figure out like where the images fit into it because all of more than creative and all of this stage, the need for helping business owners with their marketing and their messaging strategy came from the fact that as I was helping people from the brand photo perspective and trying to help them create images that were really going to tell their story, I realized just how little people knew what their actual stories and messages needed to be. And so the goal is really to have people come to More Than Creative and get really solidified with all of these different stages. So then that way, when they go to do their brand photos, that they have something that's like really, really solid and they know exactly the direction that they're going to be running in. Obviously, I had images as the last stage to the approach because... I don't really believe that you can create good and purposeful imagery unless you understand like you're really clear. You have all of your clarity, your direction, you understand what your voice is. And then also you understand what content you're going to be creating so that that way you have images that are going to visually represent the things that you're trying to say. But what I've noticed is that I don't think that this stage is just about coming up with these are the pictures that you need to have taken. I think that it is much broader than that. I think it's saying, okay, so we have all of these messages and these stories and these things that we want to say. So what is the best way for us to visually represent that? And I think that that's also where your branding comes into play, like the actual brand design, the colors that you use. What does it look like for you to utilize Canva? Shout out Canva. We love it. Um, to share things on your Instagram story. Does it make sense for you to have this message conveyed in an Instagram caption? Or would it be better as a short form video as a reel or a TikTok? Um, and if you're going to record a reel or a TikTok, what does that look like? Do you always show up really professional and you're, you know, you're filming it in a location that's like the same all of the time? Or are you going to try to approach it from more like authentic TikTok style? Like I'm walking my dog and I just want to show up and tell you what I'm thinking. So Within the visuals stage is where we kind of start to dig into the more specific and tactical way 
that your business is actually represented, which should be easy for us to get into as we've already really understood what the voice is and also what content you're trying to create. Which the other thing about this is that I am not a designer. <laughs> um, I have a, I can do more than what other people can do. So I will be proud of that. But um, I have worked with very talented graphic designers in the past. And one of the things that I have noticed about being able to maximize the most out of your experience with somebody that you're going to outsource to, whether that is a brand designer or a website designer or a photographer, is that they can only create things that are as good as the direction that they were given. And so if you go to a brand designer and you don't really know like you're just kind of like, yeah, like I think that this is what my brand is or I think this is how I want to be represented, but you're not crystal clear on all of these different stages, then it is going to be very difficult for them to come up with a brand that feels like it fits you perfectly because they're basically going to be going into a store blind and trying to pick out an outfit for you knowing only that you like the color pink and that you want to look professional. But if they don't know what professional looks like to you or what color or shade of pink you want, then you're, you may not end up liking the way that you're going to look. So that is what the visuals section would be about. As far as exercises and things to think about when you are looking at the visuals stage of your approach to brand strategy, this would look like creating an inspiration board with images that represent your main storyline. So I am a huge fan of like just going onto Pinterest and trying to take keywords from captions. Like I will... So for example, I'll just start from the beginning. I'll pick a topic. I'll write a caption. I know that this is what I want to say. I know that I'm going to need a photo that is going to match with that. So then I will take keywords from that caption or from the concept and then put them into Pinterest so that that way I can try to come up with something that is going to creatively represent what I'm trying to say. I am a huge believer in having like a Pinterest board, even just for inspiration as far as like colors and the feel that you want to have. Even if you aren't able to exactly replicate something, pulling inspiration from that is going to be crucial. And having that on deck for your business as you get to the point where you are ready to outsource and build your team and not be doing everything by yourself is going to be super important as you go and work with all of those people. If I had someone come to me for photos and they said, these are the things that I often talk about. This is what my content calendar looks for the next month. Here is a guide to my brand and what my voice kind of sounds like. And also here's a Pinterest board with the kind of style that I'm looking for and the way that I want to be represented. Oh my God, that would be so perfect. That would be like a dream. Um, and it would be so easy for me to use that as inspiration to then help create something that is going to like really, really knock it out of the park. And then the other part of that is also doing a website audit. So doing a website audit though, specifically for the images and the visuals of the way that you are showing up. What I've seen in the past is that people want to be um, portrayed a certain way. And then you go and look at the way that they have their website set up, which is essentially like your online storefront. And there is a misconnection there. So whether that is that they do want to be perceived as like more luxury high end, but they don't have professional images to match 
or maybe it's that you um, want to work with like a certain demographic of people, but you don't have any type of visual representation that is going to speak to or attract them. That's what we would be doing of just kind of like an audit of website and all of your online platforms to understand where now we have all of these things clearly laid out for us. What are the things that we can update so that, that way we are messaging more clearly and specifically to the people that we want to work with? Okay. Wow. I am really proud of myself for getting through all of that. It's a lot, but... And now I'm realizing that there's... In the true content creation spirit, that there's so many little rabbit holes that I could have gone down to explain things further. So don't worry. I will come soon. But if there was anything specific in this episode within any of the stages that you're like, hmm, I wish I knew more about that. Or that sounds like something that I'm really struggling with and I don't really know where to start. Or even if you have something specific, it would be really fun. I've kind of thought about like playing back and forth with the idea of having people write in with their marketing business struggles and then having me do almost like a ask me anything or like a device section of the podcast. So if that is something that you want to do, obviously I can't do that unless I have somebody write in and ask me a question. So if you're like really want to get some specific advice on something and you have a conundrum that you think that other people would benefit from, I would love for you to email me and then I would love to answer it on the pod. On the pod. Feeling really cool over here. But yeah, so that is my five-stage approach to brand strategy. I'm really excited because just to be transparent, I am building a coaching program around those things. So Right now, I have VIP days that are much smaller versions of taking kind of like one section of the brand strategy approach and diving really deep into it. But I have learned from doing the VIP days and then kind of like searching my heart for how I really want to work with people that a longer term coaching strategy is going to be something that I feel like is going to fit better with what I want to do. And so part of that coaching program will be taking people literally through these five different stages and helping them understand their clarity, direction, voice, content, and visuals. Okay. So hopefully you have some ideas of where to start your own audit for your brand strategy. And of course, as always, if you have any questions about things, let me know. I'm happy to do voice recordings back and forth or just like shoot you a quick text or email. So thank you so much for listening and being a follower of the podcast and the business and being on this journey. And I'm really excited to share more of my thoughts and opinions around all of this stuff. So I will see you guys next time. Bye.